Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's me, it's me, it's ABC, and I am back on Blog Talk Radio. It's been a while, um, some years, actually since before I even moved here to the lovely city of Kent where I am. I was living back in California the last time I did Blog Talk Radio, and a lot has changed since then. One thing that hasn't changed are my convictions, and that's pretty much what's going to drive this iteration of the show. Now. Now, with that out the way, because, again, I love to be back, and, yeah, I love to be back, and I'm in my my recording studio here in the lovely city of Kent, and if you you follow me on um, SoundCloud, you know that I have a podcast that I put out every so often on SoundCloud, and I can't always do it, because, you know, sometimes life gets in the way, but when I can, I try to make it as significant as I can. This blog talk radio show is going to follow the same format, as it were, as my SoundCloud podcast. Now, every now and then I'll still put out a a podcast exclusively for SoundCloud, but I'm going to try to make blog talk radio my main avenue of expression, as it were. Because if you know me and you know my, you know the history of my SoundCloud, you know that my SoundCloud is basically a rant. Just to, it's kind of like my therapy session. I get to talk to you guys. I get to talk through things that's been plaguing my mind and things like that. And it's been nice. But the one thing that's missing in all of that is the actual interaction. So again, this is why I come back to Blog Talk Radio because I figure as as I get more listeners and I get more fans loyal or not but as i get more fans um i get to interact and it's nice it's nice to be able to vent but it's even nicer to be able to get feedback because feedback's important anybody that runs any kind of business will tell you feedback is important feedback is what's going to make this show great so again i'm not one to shy away from anybody's opinions i have my own this is a free speech channel you can come here and talk about the topic of the day and say whatever it is you have to say. I'm not, I don't judge. I may debate if I have a problem. I mean, not a problem, but if I have a point of contention, then I'll debate. So you can come and say what you want. I'm, I'm not going to judge you. So you can say what you want. Um, it's a free speech platform, and I respect everybody's opinions. I may not always agree, but I will respect opinions. I mean, that's just how I am. Now, with this return to Blog Talk Radio, I think this is like my third iteration or something like that. But with this, I want this to follow a certain curriculum. And the reason why I'm doing the show today that I'm doing is because I want to lay the groundwork, as it were, 
for upcoming podcasts because if you listen to this and I get this out of the way, you will understand a lot of the things that I say and a lot of the reasons why I say what I'm going to say in future podcasts. So this is going to be a very important podcast, but not because there's going to be like a whole lot of news and links and facts and figures and things like that. No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay the groundwork for a lot of things that I'm going to talk about in the future. This show, being my first show back, and again, I could have talked about news because there's a lot of news going on with the Trump indictment, everything coming out against Biden and everything. We're having a problem with um, the upper level management of the government as it were. Again, fodder for another show. I'll probably have all of that next week because I do have my opinions on like the indictment of everything. And I'll let you know according to the legal aspects of it. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but there's a lot of legal aspects to those that people just aren't grasping. But I'm not going to do that this week. I'm going to do that actually next week, along with some other things. This week, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about progressivism versus Christianity because I think it's very important that we understand where this political divide in America and in other countries. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But in other, I want to, I want you guys to understand where this is coming from, because again, it goes, it speaks to basic human needs and basic human psychology. I'm going to talk about that. But suffice it to say, for now, because I'm going to take a break in a little bit and then we'll get started. Suffice it to say, for now, that the human need for something to believe in that's bigger than oneself, despite what you were taught growing up, because again, we have atheists, we have Christians, we have Jews, we have Muslims, we have Hindus and Buddhists and Sikhs, and we have hundreds of religions across this globe. Even if, again, even if you're atheist, and I'm not going to get into this too, but even if you're atheist, you long for something to believe that's bigger than you. And how I evidence how I come to that conclusion, I won't say evidence, but how I come to that opinion is because even atheists have somebody or something that they constantly cite as a reason that they believe what they believe, be it Charles Darwin or Neil deGrasse Tyson or Stephen Hawking or Big Bang or whatever it is, whatever scientific thing that it is that has them disbelieving the tenets of the Bible. And I admit that the there's a lot of things in the Bible that on the surface doesn't make sense. Point stipulated. But it doesn't erase the fact that there are, again, atheists out there who long for something to believe that's, again, bigger than themselves. And a lot of atheists are with are within themselves. They're very um they're very I want to say knowledge, but they're they're pseudo narcissistic, I guess. I don't know, I forget the exact term for it. But Again, when they cite the scientific, when they cite the scientific people and the philosophers and the yeah the scientists and the philosophers and all these other things, they're admitting that there's something out there that's bigger that they're learning that you're learning to understand, and this is the basic psychology behind religion, because religion, whether it be Christianity or Judaism or Islam 
speaks to the need for people to believe in something that's greater than themselves. Now, where does that where does that hit Marxism, right? Marxism is, I say Marxism is kind of a pseudo religion. I'm not saying, and when I say Marxism, right, because a lot of people when they hear Marxism, they think of Karl Marx and well, Marx and Engel and Hegel and all of the old 1800s quote-unquote philosophers that brought about the, uh, the Communist Manifesto. Karl Marx was being the, um, being the main one. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about American brand of Marxism, because American brand of Marxism is different than any other Marxism. American, the American brand of Marxism takes Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto, loads it into a shotgun, and just blasts it out into society. Whereas Karl Marx says the crux of Karl Marx's argument is the fact that the proletariat has a beef with the bourgeoisie because the bourgeoisie is somehow exploiting the proletariat for resources. This is basically what it boils down to. American Marxism takes that, again, loads it into a shotgun instead of one, instead of one point, blasts it out with many different points like shotgun pellets. So instead of like it being the proletariat and bourgeoisie and an economic thing, now it's whites versus blacks and the racial things. It's cisgender versus transgender. It's the patriarchy versus the feminist. It's, you understand, you understand, it's Black Lives Matter versus everybody else. It's Antifa versus the conservatives. It's, so you understand where American Marxism as they load up all these things into this shotgun and just blast it out into society, whereas Karl Marx only had one real issue that he was hammering. So what I'm going to talk about today is the American Marxism, the American brand of Marxism, and how it speaks to the human yearning for something to believe in. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to draw the I'm going to draw the parallels. I'm going to I'm going to explain how these two things, Judeo-Christianity and American Marxism, are very similar. And hopefully by the, at the end of two hours of this show, you would understand that what's happening in our country, and I'll give you examples of what's going on with the left and leftism. But you'll understand where this is coming from and why leftists believe that and well, let's get into that later. You'll understand why leftists believe that whatever they do, they they give a pass to whatever it is that other leftists do. Yet, if conservatives do the same thing, they're labeled a certain way. So, I'm going to start the next segment with that. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. It's going to be almost 10 minutes. It's going to be just short of 10 minutes. All my commercial breaks are going to be the same. But they're going to be a little less than 10 minutes, just like on my podcast. So I'm going to take that break. In a little short of 10 minutes, I'm going to come back. We're going to get this lecture started. And again, hopefully at the end of this two-hour two uh, lecture, you'll understand why it is that leftists give a pass to certain things and then condemn people for other things. And you're and you'll understand why sometimes it's taken to violent extremes, all right? So we'll do that. I'll take a break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to ABC on BTR.
Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent. Our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's sugar smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well... that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Jake, ice cream topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolatey. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. Let's drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big to drop up. I'm a princess. Lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have Tootsie Roll Pops. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget, Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack, too. Ten pops in assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops.
Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich. For yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. And yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only Secret Squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the Secret Squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert, and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. 
Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. When I um when I broke, I let you guys know that when I come back we're gonna start this uh we're gonna start this lecture about where I think this political vibe is coming from and why I think it's so dangerous to society today. But I need to do a couple of things first. First of all, the guest call in number is five six three nine 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 three five nine six if you wanna call in and you have something to say. Now I'm not going to open the lines until later, until I get this out of the way, until I get this lecture over with. Then, you know, we can talk, then you can call in, we can talk about things. But the number is 563-999-3596. Write that down, because I'm going to be, every time I do a show, that's going to be the call-in number. But I'll be remiss if I, I'd be remiss if I start this show without mentioning something that happened earlier today. So I'm getting ready for my show, and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, you know, tweaking the audio settings, making sure, like, everything's coming out. Testing and retesting everything because, you know, I'm my own producer here. I don't have a call screen or a producer like the big names have. So I'm doing all this myself. And I'm listening to Blog Talk Radio, some um, some of the live shows. And a lot of the live shows, I noticed, they're okay. I mean, they, they have good things to talk about. Sometimes the quality is not there because, you know, they call in, they call in and do the whole show on their cell phone or Landline, whatever the case may be, so that the quality isn't, you know, quite there. I'm using Skype. I'm hoping and praying that the audio quality is a little better with Skype plus the audio codec and compressors that I'm using. I'm hoping this comes out actually more like a CD quality radio show. But anyway, that aside, so I'm, li- so I'm listening to Blog Talk Radio, and well, actually, I, I'm not listening to it yet. I open Blog Talk Radio in the midst of all this tuning and stuff. I open up Blog Talk Radio. And boom, on the big picture, and if you understand, if you're in the Blog Talk Radio, 
or you've been to the website and you've kind of perused it, you understand that there's like the big thing, the big, the big picture where like they have a show, they have the featured show for that particular, um, that particular subject that's live now and you click that and then they have the little shows which like on the side of the big shows which you can peruse too but the big show must be like the feature one so boom it was the the big show was just emblazoned on the screen i was like huh i'll just click this one and listen to it while i do my thing it was a show that belonged to a creator uh who goes by the handle ask sophia and ask sophia uh if you're listening if you're listening to this um i'm i'm mentioning you because I've never, out of the past two times, the past two runs of my blog talk radio show, I never thought about calling a, calling another creator to, you know, to discuss things. I was always happy just, you know, listening to what it is they have to say. Just to see how these things went. So I never really thought about, but as Sophia, I felt compelled to call. Why? Because Ask Sophia, and it's going to speak to something that I'm going to talk about later. So it was funny that I came across her her particular show. Ask Sophia is based in England, and she was talking about bullying. Bullying, you know, is a huge, huge social problem. And it's been a social problem ever since humans were humans. Ever since humans started grouping themselves together according to like according to like similar qualities or similarities there's been bullying whether it be the bigger ones picking on the little smaller ones or the lighter ones picking on the darker or the you know the ones with the lighter hair picking on the you get what i'm saying but she was talking about this and she hit the head she hit the nail on the head of a lot of the causes of bullying and, and the reasons why a lot of bullying happens but i had to go into the to the to the live chat because i noticed there was one type of bullying she wasn't talking about so that's what i'm going to hit on today and that's political bullying political bullying is a fairly recent phenomenon i mean there's always been politics of course but as far as bullying is concerned Political bullying is some is a fairly recent phenomenon, I would say, in America within the last 12 to 15, 12 to 15 years, maybe, right? I would say I can, one can argue 10 to 12, another can argue 12 to 15, roughly that time frame. But the point is, political bullying is a fairly recent phenomenon. Political bullying is running rapid. The reason why is something I'm going to speak to. But I had to call and I had to give that opinion. I had to because you can't talk about bullying and as great a job as she did and and she did do a great job. As a matter of fact, she made a fan out of me and I subscribed to her. And I'm look I'm looking forward to listening to more of her shows. And um I'm looking I'm actually looking forward, I'm extending an invitation to her to collab on something one day. So I'm gonna leave that out there for you, as Sophia. So if you're interested in that, um, look me up on Facebook. I'm there. In fact, look me up on social media. I'm at J Ramsey ABC on most social media. Look me up at J Ramsey ABC. Find me, and if you want to do a collab on whatever it is you want, I'm, I'm gang. 
All right, just let me know when and where. Well, I know Dog Blog Talk Radio, but just let me know when, and I'll make some I'll make some um, provisions for that. Because this is something that I would really I think it'll be a great thing, and I think it'll be a good thing for Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, I'm getting too far into the weeds. Um, but political bullying, I was saying, is a fairly recent phenomenon. And political bullying comes from what I'm about to talk about, which is the religious aspect of leftism. Now, a lot of people will come and say, well, leftism doesn't really subscribe to the tenets of any religion. They're not Christians. And as a matter of fact, it's true Christianity. Um, they support Muslims, and they're anti most leftists are anti-Semitic. And I'm talking about American Marxists. I'm not talking about anybody else around the world. I'm saying the American Marxists on the left are rapidly anti-Semitic. They somewhat support Muslims, but I'm going to get into that later because there's an incident that happened uh, early last week that kind of cast sand on that. But again, they don't subscribe to the tenets of any organized religion. So when I say that leftism is a religious thing, it's a cult, it's not because they're um, well, okay, it is because they, they do believe in some sort of a God. I'm going to get into that. But they don't believe in the major the major religions gods like, you know, Yah, Elohim, Allah, whatever, or Shiva, whatever um, mainstream religion calls their supreme being. They don't believe in that at all because they don't do mainstream religion. You have to understand that. However, when you break down Marxist philosophy, American Marxist philosophy, let me let me let me throw that out because I have to accuracy counts. When it comes to American Marxist philosophy, there is a lot of similarities and a lot of dogmatic things that they do believe that run parallel to mainstream Judeo Christianity and the biblical tenet. So um so there's that. Now, where is all this coming from? Well, if you compare, first of all, the overarching theme of both Christianity and American Marxism, right? The main dichotomy, the main dichotomy of Judeo-Christianity, what is it? Good versus evil, right? Now, in Judeo-Christianity, you have, especially I'm going to talk about the Christianity half of Judeo-Christianity, And Jews kind of believe it too, but I'm talking about like real mainstream Jesus-following, Bible-loving Christians. They believe in good versus evil, and what they do, what the religion does, is they take the Godhead or God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, which is a big thing in Catholicism. But as far as Christianity is concerned, Christians look at Jesus. And as a larger, as a larger, as a larger piece of the uh, picture, a larger part of the picture, God, as the ultimate of virtue and goodness, right? Because we strive to—that's what being a Christian is—is is striving to be Christ-like. That's where Christian, that's where the Christian comes from, is subscribing to be Christ-like. So you have to see Christ as the ultimate, as the ultimate example of good and virtue, and. Uh, yeah, good and virtue, as evidenced as by the Gospels and the way the Gospels portray Jesus. And 
how the, the apostles speak of Jesus after Jesus' death. Now, when they talk, when they talk about evil, because remember, it's good versus evil. Now, when they talk about evil, they hold Satan or the devil. So they call it Satan. They hold Satan as the pinnacle of all that is evil and negative. Why? It's because Satan is the one that made that the one that beguiled Eve and made made man fall from God's graces. This is why Jesus came to. This is why in Christianity Jesus came to save mankind, to redeem to redeem the sins of mankind, because of the original sin, Eve eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge. So this is where this is where that comes from. And Christians and Judeo Christians see Satan as the ultimate example of all that is negative and evil. American Marxists are the same way. American Marxists see Marx, but they pretty much see certain humans. It's not just one human. It's certain humans, and it could be a soup du jour kind of thing where it's like AOC one day, or it's Bernie Sanders another day, Joe Biden another day. But and it has to be somebody that aligns with their ideology. It could be Abraham X. Kendi. It could be Joy Reid. It could be, you know, one of these one of these leftist Marxists. Uh, Barack Obama really comes to mind. They still hail Barack Obama as some kind of God, as some kind of supreme example of everything leftism can be because they hold him in such high esteem, despite the fact that he was seriously critically flawed to the point where he was one of the most corrupt presidents actually in American history. And there's documents upon documents upon documents that prove that. But let me not get off into those weeds because, again, that's another show. They hold these humans as the, um, as the pinnacle of good and virtuous. Why? Because they are fellow Marxists, but they put themselves ahead of the rest of the pack because they're in government. And you know anything about American Marxism, American Marxism love American Marxists love their government. They want government to do everything. Which is coming also coming from another show. But again, this is what this is what the American Marxists speak to. This is what the American Marxists believe. That there are just individuals who they look to as the um as the ultimate of good. And it's always somebody that aligns with their ideology. Now when they talk about evil, right? Because the Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders and AOC, that's the American Marxist equivalent of Jesus and God. But what about their equivalent of Satan? What is it that they who is it that they hold as the ultimate of evil? See anybody who's fought the culture war, they know you know what I'm about to say. If you haven't, pay attention. They hold the racist as the they hold the racist as the ultimate evil. They they see the racist the same way Christians see Satan. So at any time somebody comes and says something that, that directly contradicts their dog their dogmatic proclivity, they will always they will always 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 with ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent efficiency, they will call that person. A racist. Why? Because they see the racist and they see the white supremacist as the ultimate in evil. Now, speaking to that point, 
Um, what I, the one thing I can give them is the fact that the Nazi party, who are the shining examples of white supremacy and racism, are actually the most evil, the most evil people, really, that you can think of historically. Now, one could say slavers and everything, but slavers never rounded up six million Jews, threw them in gas chambers, and killed them all, right? Um, now, slavers and stuff, they have, their, they have their place in the scourges of history. Fine. Point stipulated. But when you look at the Nazi party and everything, all the atrocities that the Nazi party are, um, are known to have committed, you have to hold them up to say, you have to hold them up as the pinnacle of what's wrong when um, fascism meets uh, racist ideology. You, there's, just no, there's just no getting around that. There's no more perfect example of that. So that I can give the leftists. However, when the leftist comes across somebody, when the American Marxist comes across somebody that runs afoul of their dogmat, their own personal dogmatic proclivities, they will always call that person a Nazi. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be that conservative. So you have people running around now, college campuses and things, calling conservatives Nazis. You have Antifa running around, calling conservatives Nazis. You have members of Black Lives Matter running around calling conservatives Nazis. Who is the who do they hold up as the ultimate example of an American Nazi? Donald Trump, right? Because the um, the American Marxist hates Donald Trump. Donald Trump is against everything the American Marxist is for, and for this um, and for this gross violation of their dogmatic proclivities, they will forever refer to Donald Trump as a Nazi, even though. There's nothing that Donald Trump has ever done that can comport with um, or that there's nothing that Donald Trump has done that is in any way fascistic or relates to Nazism, anything. There's nothing. You can't point to anything. And when you ask them to point to something, they can't. They'll always pull out some obscure policy that was fed to them by some some host at CNN or some host at MSNBC that's not even that's wildly inaccurate, and they'll say, "Well, that proves he's a Nazi." No, there's no part of conservatism that equals Nazism, and I'll probably talk about that in a future show because that's a subject all its own. Nazism is actually um, the Nazism was, is what happens when fascism meets leftism, and I'll get into that aspect in a different show. That's, that's fodder for a different show. But suffice it to say that your average leftist, because they see the white supremacists and the racists as the ultimate example of evil, and the Nazi party as the ultimate example of collective evil, then they will always accuse somebody who doesn't follow their who doesn't believe their dogma, they will always call them Nazis. And I'll, I'll bring about examples of that. But what's the problem with this, right? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take another break. And when I come back, I'm going to get into the problem with this line of thinking and how it contributed to what we're seeing in America today and why it is that they're okay with certain things and they're not okay with, with other things, even though those two things, one that they're okay with and the other that they're not okay with, could be the exact same thing. So when I come back, um, we're going to talk about that. 
You're listening to ABC on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. You're listening to ABC on BTR. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent. Our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's Sugar Smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounder, that boy knows I like those new Sugar Smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new Sugar Smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on Sugar Smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new Sugar Smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well... that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolatey. Chocolate flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big tootsie roll pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have tootsie roll pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good, triple good. And do you know why? Sure, because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. 
And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack, too. Ten Pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, I've got a Swiss cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between. An extra thick, it's my pick. Filling of cream, dessert time, tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for yoo-hoo-hoo, and yoo-hoo-hoo, A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself, no other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for yoo-hoo-hoo, and yoo-hoo-hoo, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes.
success, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff. Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. apologize for a little burst of music that you heard with the during the commercial break I was trying to upload like closing music because I realized I didn't have it and didn't do it the right way and so that was the result again I'm my own producer so there we go uh this is these are just some learning things that I'm going to have to go through you know learning curves uh growing pains you know those kind of things I'm sure radio hosts have to do it all the time anywho so like I said Hang on. Let me get another sip of this so I can get into this. Awesome. Okay. So like I was saying, like I was asking, what is the problem with that mode of thinking, right? Because when you have people who have dogmatic beliefs that they do not want to deviate from, and then they have their appointed leaders pushing it, they have media pushing it, it's going to whip it into a frenzy. And the next thing you know, you'll have people that are willing to martyr themselves for these beliefs. Now, not saying that's everybody, right? But there are those people that are out there. Like I told um, Sophia, look at the fundamentalist Islamists and things like that, who are willing to die for the things that they believe in. Look at the Heaven's Gate cult. They were willing to die for what they believed in, and they did. Look at the Jonestown crew. They died for what they believed in. So it happens. We know it happens. But what happens when um, American Marxism gets to the point where they're willing, where their dog, their dogmatism gets so, gets so whipped up 
that they do crazy things. Well, you have what happened, like you have things that happen, like what happened in my state and close to where I live. And anybody who followed the riots in 2020 and saw what happened in Seattle knows that there was a place set up, an autonomous zone set up, right in the middle of downtown. And they called it, they first called it Chaz. And Chaz was supposed to have been a, um, Chaz was supposed to have been an autonomous zone that was filled with communists. So what the, what happened was Antifa had gotten together, a bunch of Antifa had gotten together and decided to take over about a six square block of downtown Seattle. Um, I live right close to it. So that's what they did. And they set up a place where people are supposed to like commune and things like that. And they're supposed to eschew capitalism. They started destroying stores, fronts, and things like that in this zone. They call it the autonomous zone. And when people started realizing, well, when people started trying to tell them that, hey, you may not want to set up an independent autonomous nation in the middle of the United States because according to the Constitution, if that happens, the president can, who was Donald Trump at the time, can send in the National Guard and clear that section and, re- and reclaim that place for America, they had to step back and then they, they called it CHOP, the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. So they got themselves, they tried to get themselves out of legal hot water. What was the problem there? Chaz or CHOP had, even though they were communists and they wanted to live commune and law-free, they had to establish laws. And one of the laws was that there would be no law enforcement. And because of it, there was rampant crime, and somebody had gotten killed. And it's not just anybody had gotten killed. You see, despite their, um, despite their, well, I wouldn't say accusation, but despite their declarations of being anti-racist and woke, um, one of the white, uh, one of the white choppers had actually shot and killed a black, a black. Um, I would say it was a resident. I think he was just there. He was just in the area. And there was some kind of dispute, and, and the guy shot and killed him. And that was actually swept under the rug by the mayor at the time. Jenny Durkin had swept it under the swept it under the rug. Why? Why did that happen? Well, for the same reason that the riots themselves were swept under the rug, but the January 6th crew who went into the White House, the FBI rounded up all of them for that reason. And I'll get into that. But it's the same reason that Antifa can walk around with AR-15s, yet if a conservative, a conservative gun shop had just gotten raided and had their paperwork taken of every, and the paperwork that was taken, the I think it was the 4473s that were taken were the gun sales of the AR-15s to people who were conservative. So now they're going around trying to round up the guns, round up the AR-15s that belong to conservatives, but Antifa can walk around with it and nothing happens to them. Why is that? Because of what I'm about to talk about. Why is it that Joe Biden can have boxes upon boxes upon thousands of boxes spanning 47 years in the government of classified documents in clear violation of the Presidential Records Act? Remember, the guy's still president until his first run as president. So all of all of the boxes of information that he has is um, is more or less purloined information. Whereas when Donald Trump took records that he had um, that he had dominion over, why is Donald Trump bad and Joe Biden 
pretty much escapes prosecution. Why is that? Because of this. Now, when you have this dogmatic thing, this dogmatic belief, right, and you see this and it's turning into a religion for you, then you have to you have to ostensibly say that the Marxists, seeing their own commit things that they dislike in others, when you when you have this, what inevitably the inevitable boil or the afterbirth is the belief that everybody that agrees with me or everybody that is on my side is virtuous. We're good people. Like the Christians say, we're going to heaven. The people that we believe are going to heaven. The people that don't believe what we believe, um, viz, Christ is Lord and Savior, and he died for our sins, for the remission of our sins. Christians believe that people who believe that go to heaven. Likewise, the American Marxists believe that anybody who believes in furthering diversity, equity, and inclusion, trans rights, um, women's rights, and all these other things, right, all these other um, American Marxist uh, teachings. The American Marxists believe that anybody who believes that is virtuous and good and going to their whatever, going to their whatever they believe heaven is. So when you have that, then you have to look at the way the American Marxists look at these people and say, well, this person is on our side. Therefore, they are virtuous. Therefore, they cannot do things out of evil. Why? Because they are virtuous. They are not evil. They are not the white supremacists. The conservative is. So when the conservative does something, they do it out of pure evil intent. Dan Bongino says it best. He says, they, we believe that, we conservatives believe that leftists are people with bad ideas. The leftist believes that the conservative is a bad person with ideas, and there's a difference. There's a difference between somebody's, somebody believing somebody's idea is bad and somebody believing that somebody else is bad. Because when you believe that other people are bad, then you turn a blind eye to whatever calamity may befall them. Why? Because they are bad. I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you something. One of my favorite games ever is Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas has if you understand the Fallout universe, and again, not going too far into the weeds with this, but the vaults in Fallout and the Fallout world were actually social a government controlled social experiments. And one of the more insidious social experiments that come out of this in the canon was the story of Vault 11. And Vault 11 when it was, is what happens when democratic socialism goes really awry. The, the inhabitants of the vault, when they were first interred, they were told, and I believe the, um, I believe it was like the Millhammer, Millhammer experience, experiment or something, but there was an experiment that starts with an MIL. I remember that much. There's an experiment that that took place a little while ago in the real world that when humans are told to do something by an authority or somebody that they perceive to be an authority figure, they will unquestionably do it. So in this experiment, um, there were two people who were, who were sat down, one who had electrodes strapped to him and then one who sat down at a button. And the and the person overseeing the experiment would give him a command. First, they would say, "Well, I'm the you know I'm the arbiter of this experiment. And you'll listen to me because I run this thing." 
And then they would, and then they would tell them push that button. And every time they push the button, it sends an electric jolt to the other person. Now, you would feel bad doing that. You would feel bad pushing a button and knowing that the other person is getting electrocuted. As the quote unquote authority kept telling them to do it, and the electronic um, shock, electric shocks got stronger and stronger. They found that no matter how strong it got, when the authority figure told him to do it, he would do it. And all, and literally all the um, the participant who was at the button had to say was, "No, I'm not going to do this," and they would have let him go. Well, this is what this is what happened at Vault 11. Vault 11, they um, they every year they had to have they had to sacrifice one of their own. Think the lottery, that that short story. When every year they take somebody and they stone them to death on the same day that year. Same that happened to Vault 11. So every year they have to take somebody to sacrifice, to kill. And they would do this because Vault Tech told them to do this. Vault Tech is seen as the authority over the vault. So they would do this. Well, what happened was because the psychological, because the psychological damage that comes with knowing that you're killing an innocent person and killing one of your friends is becomes unbearable after a while. What they started doing was they started accusing people of things to make themselves feel better about um, about who it is they're about to kill. So pretty soon it became, oh, this person's a murderer. This person's a thief. This person did this. This person did that. And so that's the person they would nominate. And so it would it would make them feel better about who it is that they're that they're sacrificing. But even that got to be unbearable. So what they happened what they happened to do is they decided to hold free and fair free and fair elections. And whoever they elected as overseer would be the person that they would sacrifice. And pretty soon even that gave way to politics. There were there were blocks being um there were blocks being formed and the majority block, which is called the Justice Block, started pulling different maneuver um political maneuvers to make sure that the person they wanted goes up to get killed. And in order to get that person off the chopping block, off the nomination block, you would have to pay the tribute to the justice block. So the justice block became really powerful. And so I'm not going to get, again, I'm not going to get into part into the weeds because, because there was a, there was a whole incident with one of the, with the person who got nominated and his wife. And there was a whole thing. Go back to the fallout. You'll see it. Well, this is what's going on with these American Marxists, and they see us as being as being the ultimate in evil, which is why, again, earlier I said that they call us white supremacists. It's because after that, whatever calamity may befall us, be it at the hands of government or at the hands of karma or whatever, they feel okay with laughing us to scorn in the in the face of calamity. Now. The prudent person would say, well that's, well, that's not nice. How can you laugh at a person's misfortune? How can schadenfreude be such an enjoyable thing for you, right? Because they see us as evil. And whatever happens to evil people, just like what happened in Vault 11 with the people they accused of stealing and murder and robbery, whatever, that to make them feel better about killing them, that's what's going on with these American Marxists. But since they see it as a religious thing that, well, these people don't believe what we believe, then whatever happens to them happens off of their own accord. And it's really funny because they're, you know, because they're evil and it should happen to them. 
This is why we see things like the persecution of Donald Trump, like the persecution of Michael Flynn, the persecution of Steve Bannon. All these things that that happen to conservatives, you see what's going on with the pro-lifers and the FBI. You see what's happening with the SPLC and the Moms Defending Freedom, or Moms for Liberty? Moms for Liberty, I think, is what they're called. The mothers group who um, who are going to school boards getting curriculum changed um, in wild defiance of leftist dogma. SPLC wrongfully put them on a list of, quote, unquote, known terrorists or known domestic terrorists and white supremacists, and they're far from it. But because the SPLC did that, if the FBI went in and unconstitutionally raided them and arrested all of them, which is what, which is what happened to the Capitol Sixers, I mean, the January 6th Capitol rioters, um, then Schadenfreude kicks in and they start reveling in the misfortunes of these conservatives. This is why everybody's okay, everybody on the left is okay with the January 6th protesters having their Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights wildly violated because to them, to the, to the American Marxists, they deserve it because they're evil racists. And again, this is why this country is off in a ditch. Now, I'm not sure where you're called, where you're listening from. And I'm not sure about the political dichotomies that rule the area where you are. But at some point, you have to understand that when you have this spectrum, this liberal, whether it be liberal versus conservative, the Marxist versus the constitutionalist, or, you know, whatever it is, these things tend to happen. And it's even more shocking when certain other things happen that directly fly in the face of certain beliefs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take another break. And I'm going to get into some of the more shocking things that happen. That from it happened on the left. Leftists do these things, and other leftists forgive it, even though they walk around saying these things are things that we would never forgive from other people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take another break, and when I come back, I'm going to open the phone line so y'all can call in with your comments, and then um, I'm going to go into that. So that's it. Uh, Be back in 10. You're listening to ABC on BTR. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent. You're a Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounder, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and... Candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, 
It's him or me. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey, Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big because you're a pop. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have to do a pop. All the kids in the neighborhood say to do a pop. The triple good, triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack, too. Ten Pops in assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Syra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, I've got a Swiss cream sandwich for you, crisp golden cookies, and in between, 
As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich for you. And you-hoo-hoo, A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich. For you yoo-hoo. And you-hoo-hoo, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the secret squadron. We secret squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini space flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tank. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, 
so frosty it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. You see, and I don't think they care about it, because when you talk to the, American, the average American Marxist, um, you don't understand that they just hold, they hold their beliefs, and it doesn't really matter if it seems like they're hip, it's hypocritical or it's um, two-faced or whatever the case may be. They're going to hold it, and because they they don't hold each other to any kind of standards, why? Because they believe that they're all they're all going to their equivalent of heaven, then it's okay for them to excuse certain things. Now, what are these things that they sit here and excuse? Because remember I told you earlier on that schadenfreude, they engage in schadenfreude. And they engage in schadenfreude because they believe that conservatives, since conservatives are evil, then whatever whatever calamity befalls the conservatives happens because of their own because of their own karma for being evil be, for being against um being taught racism through DEI or peddling pornography to your children and um in classrooms and things like that so what does that culminate in well i got a few examples of things that they say are heinous and evil if conservatives are caught doing it, but they give each other passes when they do it, right? Now, again, going back to earlier in the show, when I said that the most evil thing that the Marxist, the American Marxist can come up with, a shining example of evil is the racist, is the white supremacist, right? And that goes back to America's history under slavery and things like that, but it's what they latched onto, and it's what they latched onto, and they're using as a cudgel against this country, trying to destroy it because they feel like capitalism is racist because slavery, which makes no sense from an, from an economic or historical standpoint. But it's what they believe. Now, you would think that your average Marxist, when they say that they're for BIPOC rights, right, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and that Racists shouldn't say anything about BIPOC and anything they say to criticize them as racist and things like that. Well, then how do you square this? Now, we have a Supreme Court justice named Clarence Thomas. And Clarence Thomas, you have to understand that with, first of all, Supreme Court, Supreme Court decisions are almost always published. And Supreme Court decisions... Supreme Court decisions are always written by one person, and then um, all the dissenters will have the chance to say their piece, and it gets put into all one paper, and it's published for everybody to read. Now, if you read these publications, right, 
Um, and hold on, let me do this. If you, um, right, and CE, Clarence Thomas, right? I'm putting him in the search, I'm putting in the search engine, and I'm saying, and there's something that they're doing to Clarence Thomas. Now, Clarence Thomas, if you read any of Clarence Thomas's writings, while he's been on the Supreme Court, you would understand that this man is probably the best Supreme Court justice probably ever. I mean, there have been some great ones. I can think of Anthony Scalia and Thurgood Marshall and you know, all these other great Supreme Court justices. Clarence Thomas is definitely up there with the greatest. Just read his writings if you doubt me. Read the things that he had written whether he wrote it and he affirmed it or he dissented, the man is brilliant. He is a brilliant black man sitting on the Supreme Court. Yet and still, we have American Marxists that call him Uncle Tom. Now, there was this black lawmaker from Georgia. And as the Washington Examiner says, a black Democratic lawmaker from Georgia called Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom who sold his soul to the slave master. That guy being Emanuel Jones, right? Atlanta Black Star, Georgia State Senator Emanuel Jones calls U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom. This is the greatest Black Supreme Court Justice of Thurgood Marshall. Probably greater than Thurgood Marshall. And they're calling this man and Uncle Tom. Do you understand they're doing this because this man's a conservative, right? And remember what I said about how they see conservatives. They see conservatives as the ultimate evil. So that being said, whatever they tend to say about this great Black man who's sitting on the Supreme Court, one of the best justices that ever served on the bench, they call him an Uncle Tom. How is this? You have, and then not only that, Benny Thomas. Now, Benny Thomas was on the January 6th investigation committee that told the FBI to go round up all these people. Benny Thomas calls Clarence Thomas an Uncle, uh, an Uncle Tom. Like, Why? Right. And the left just excuses that. But you think that's bad enough coming from black people. Right. What if a white person calls Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom? Now, if again, one thing I really hate is playing the shoe on the other foot game, because I, I believe everybody does that. And one thing that I hear ad nauseum is, well, if the person was conservative, that they, 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 they'd be calling out the you know, they'd be calling out whatever. And while I do agree with that, it just you hear it ad nauseum. So I. You got to understand where I'm coming from when I get tired of hearing that argument, even no matter how relevant it is, it's still, you hear it enough and you're just like, okay, come up with something different. However, I have to say that if this white man was a conservative, he would have been ran out of the state of Minnesota. Ryan Winkler calls Clarence Thomas. And Uncle Tom, white politician. Here's the Telegraph. White politicians call Clarence Thomas, Thomas, Clarence Thomas, and Uncle Thomas. A white Democratic politician has apologized after referring to the Black Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas as Uncle Thomas. Anybody else who would have called Uncle any black man an Uncle Tom, not just Clarence Thomas. Let's say they called Denzel Washington or even Dave Chappelle or Eddie Murphy or somebody an Uncle Tom. Let's say they call um, Barack Obama an Uncle Tom. Because I'm going to tell you something. Years ago, when I first became an activist, and I was railing against Barack Obama, he was president at the time, 
And I on I took to Twitter and I had made the really funny mistake of calling Barack Obama a racist name, right? Porch monkey. The backlash I caught for that was it was it wasn't overwhelming, but it was just incredible, right? So how is it that me as a me as a black dude calling Barack Obama what I called him backlash for that was incredible when the American Marxists say that a white person referring to a black person this way is akin to every sort of evil like the conservatives see Satan and Satan's minions. Yet this white man, this Democratic politician, this white man in Minnesota calls um, Clarence Thomas and Uncle Thomas. All he says is, I'm sorry, and everything's good. Like, how does that happen? Because you have to say, you have to understand that leftists see themselves, leftists and American Marxists see themselves as the ultimate in virtue. Why? Because they believe that believing in things like BIPOC rights, trans rights, um, even though trans rights, and again, I'm going to do a whole show on this. Um, as a matter of fact, I have I have a show uploaded, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to, um, you know, I have a show recorded. I haven't put it out on SoundCloud. I didn't do that. But it's all about transgender. I I blow the lid off of transgenderism. And I haven't uploaded that yet. And what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to save that for Blog Talk Radio for a day where I can't get to my show, upload that, and do that as a surrogate. I'm going to do that. And you're going to hear what I have to say about how transgenderism is the American Marxist way of eliminating almost a hundred, no, over a hundred years of women's rights. So there's that. Anyway, um, because they don't believe in things like this, um, transgenders um, being able to erase women's rights or DEI being the next, um, being the next legal, legal avenue of racism Whereas first it was affirmative action, now it's DEI. Uh, I'll say something about that. And then the Asian case in Harvard, that's coming. But if they don't, be- if you don't believe that, then you're evil. Just like if the- if you don't believe what the Christians believe that um, that Christ is Lord and Savior and He died for the remission of man's sins or the redemption of man's sins, redemption of mankind from their sins. Um, if you don't believe that, you're not going to heaven. Is the same same thing. You got to understand the parallels are there. The religious aspect of Marxism, American Marxism is there. You just have to draw the parallel. And I'm going to give you another example. Now, this I pulled off of YouTube. And this is a teacher. And she, she calls herself a liberal. She's actually a Marxist. But she calls herself a liberal. Somebody asked her, asked her if she's a liberal. And what I'm going to play you is about a minute, maybe a minute and 15. But um, I'm going to play you just a short clip of what she has to say. Because... When you hear what she says just about people and her own parents, kind of brings that to the forefront, kind of brings it to the table. So I'm going to play this right now. Uh, One, go. And there it is. If you don't believe in climate change, get the hell out. You understand that brings to the table what I've been talking about. If you don't believe what I believe, you're bad, you're evil, blah, blah, blah. You heard what she said about her parents who are conservatives. She calls her, I would never, ever in a million years, 
me and my mom, me and my mom have had our share of knockdown dragouts. But I would never, ever, ever in a million years fix my face or call her dumb because my mom taught me everything I know about medicine, right? And it helped me in my military career as a med, as a medic. I will never call my mom. I couldn't even fathom that. Yet here she is because her parents. And she says she hates How does she? She's never met Donald Trump. How can she hate them? You listening out there right now, I've never met you. I cannot. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. You may be listening to this. You may be a Marxist. You may be mad at me for what I'm saying. I do not hate you because I do not know you. All All I know is what I see of Marxism or the things that you believe. I don't hate you. Now, I, when I, you know, when I go where I go and I go to work or I go to, go, go to, you know, go out the mall or whatever, it's not that I see people and say, well, there's a liberal, I hate them. There's a conservative, I like them because you can't really tell who's, well, sometimes you can tell who's who from what they're wearing or what they, how they look. But I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to look at somebody and just because I happen to know that they believe a certain thing that I'm going to automatically hate them. As much as I don't like what Joe Biden is doing to this country and what he's the corruption that he is engaged in before, I don't hate Joe Biden because I've never met Joe Biden. I can't hate somebody that doesn't, I haven't met. It just doesn't make sense. It's like being in love with somebody that you met in the chat room. It, it, I, you can have, I guess you can have, you can like what they say and you can be in love with the idea of them. But just to say that you, you're in love with somebody you haven't met is just, it's, it's, un, it's unfathomable to me. I can't, I just can't, I just can't, I can't wrap my brain on that. Here's another one. So it was already started when I clicked on it. But here's another one. And this guy, this is an older clip. And this guy, he goes into, he's a Trump supporter who goes into, you may have heard of it, goes into a, um, a vape shop to go buy some vape juice for his e-pen and for his vape pen. And the, not the proprietor, but the cashier that works there is a Marxist. And he sees this black MAGA hat this guy's wearing. And again, this is Block Talk Radio, not video, so you can't see the video. But you can hear what's going on. I want you to hear what's going on. Um, now, both of them start getting into a screaming match, which two wrongs don't make a right. However, I want you to hear the tangent that this goes on because of this Marxist who doesn't know this guy from Adam. All he knows is, all he knows is that this guy comes in and he wants to buy some EG. He doesn't know him. He's never met him before. He just knows him as a customer that walks in. But he has a Trump supporting hat. So here we go. So, again, just for some context, um, the guys in the store, there's a black dude next to him who's also waiting to buy some um, some vape juice and stuff. That's why you're going to say that your skin, color of your skin, or problem with your skin, because I think there's another white guy behind the um, behind the desk as well that's working there. But you heard what I what I've been talking about. You heard the guy. You heard the you heard the um, cashier go off. And what did he say? And this is why I said, this is why I tell you, the worst thing to the American Marxist is a um, is a racist. And what did he default to? He said this guy has a Trump hat on and some racist BS on. He's a racist, and he even said he's treasonous. Now, 
There's nothing about wearing a MAGA hat that constitutes treason. I don't know what part of um, what part of the Constitution, what part of the U.S. Code he read, but that is not treason. There's a whole there's a whole section of the um, of the U.S. Code that's treason. I can't remember what it is right off the right off the head, but you can go to the U.S. Code and read what treason is, and none of that involves wearing a MAGA hat. So where he gets treason from, I don't know, but treason is one of the worst crimes you can commit against your own country. Just like to the American Marxists, being a racist is the worst thing that you can be. So to conflate the Trump hat with racism and treason makes a lot of sense in the mind of this cashier, this Marxist, which is why he defaulted to calling him racist. And then when he calls the police, he says that he's got some Trump stuff that's racist and he's treasonous. This is how the American Marxist sees the conservative. He sees the conservative as the ultimate evil. Now, he's not going to do his job. He's actually violating U.S. law by denying this guy in in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. He's denying this guy guy service on the basis of a protected... um, a protected, a protected attribute, which is political ideology. You can't discriminate against somebody for sex, race, political ideology, um, ability status, which you are disabled or not. All of that is, again, or gender, all of that's in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. This guy's violating it, and this guy doesn't mind violating it angrily because he sees this this guy, this Trump supporter, as the ultimate evil, and he's not going to engage in it, even though it flies in the face of federal law. This is what we're this is what we're dealing with. This is exactly what we're dealing with. Now, another thing, CNN um, CNN went on and they posted the video. Now, a lot of you have heard of the swimmer named Riley Gaines. Now, Riley Gaines, if you haven't heard of her. She's a swimmer who had to compete against a transgender swimmer who is destroying women's records, which is why I say transgenders are erasing over 100 years of women's rights and accomplishments, because now you're having records being taken down. You have actual women's world records being taken down by men. Now, whatever you may think of me saying that is what you think, and I'm going to I'm going to bring that show about it, and I'm going to talk about it in the future. So I got a couple of shows planned on um, detailing my thoughts on the whole transgender in sport, transgenders and sports thing. And if you just hear, if you hear me out, it's going to make a lot of sense. But a lot of people don't hear me out just because because Marxism. However, back to the back to the point at hand. Sorry, I'm, I'm like I just hit the microphone. But um, back to the point at hand. So Riley Gaines went to a university to speak, and he went to speak on behalf of Turning Point USA. When these Marxists on the campus found out that Riley Gaines was going to be on um, campus, and again, one thing I told, um, one thing I told Aunt Sophia that um, that I absolutely believe. Seven thirty of the Giants are playing the Dodgers. That's what that is. And it's five nothing Giants. It's like anyway. Um, one thing I told Ask Sophia was that when bullies work, they work in groups. You never find a lone, like, 
every now and then, maybe in an elementary school or something like that, you'll find alone a bully working alone. Every now and then. Most most times they it's a bully and they're acolytes or just a group of bullies, right? There's a group of alpha bullies. Or it's just an alpha bully and a bunch of acolytes and they go around picking on people. The American Marxists, um, they operate that way. It's usually one with a bunch of acolytes. But every now and then, like especially on college campuses, there's just a group of them that go around tormenting conservatives. This is what you have here. And because they don't agree with Riley's stance that, hey, transgenders, it's not, a, it's not fair that they're competing against women because they still, have, they still have all the attributes of men that destroys, um, that athletically destroys the attributes of women. And not that it like, literally destroys them, but I mean, there isn't a woman on this planet that can hang with a man in anything athletic, be it baseball, basketball. Definitely not USC, UFC, because look at what happened with Colin Fox. Definitely not weightlifting or anything like that. So um, let me dismiss this. So Riley Gaines comes to this university and a mob, she's beset by a mob. And this video, what you're about to hear is, is the video that she uploaded and CNN carries it. And here we go. Let's see if we can. It might go to oh, Here we go. And there you have it. Now, she says that there isn't video evidence. And the reason why there isn't video evidence is because when she was beset by the mob and they start doing things like trying to grab at her and trying to punch her, they were trying to usher her out of the chaos. And, and in that, they're not going to take a picture of, they're not going to be shooting selfies and things like that. They're going to be trying, they're going to, be trying to get, uh, get her out of there. And so the phone is aimed at the ground most of the time, rightfully so. You're not going to be taking, you're not going to be shooting videos of what's going on. You're, be, you're going to be trying to get her out of there. But, um, so rightfully so. But she was struck. She was assaulted. She has the medical reports to prove it. So CNN, thanks for the journalism that I've come to expect out of CNN. But yeah, she, had, she was assaulted and she was hit. And she does have the medical records. She does have the medical reports and the police reports to back that up. But this is a woman. And you would feel and you would think that and you would think that if anything, the Marxists would protect women because women's rights, right? Um, patriarchy. Let's, we got to fight the heteronormative patriarchy. Yet and still, I keep in my, 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 anyway, Yet and still, you have members, maybe not of the heteronormative patriarchy, but you have men that are taking down women's accomplishments. A hundred years with the women's accomplishments are going to men, and you don't hear anything out of the Marxists. Why? Because the Marxist sees, sees the liberal, I mean, sees the transgender as something worth fighting for. So, of course, they're going to turn a blind eye. Now, this particular one is, hang on. Okay, this particular one is one that I found interesting, and I found it last week. Uh, Libs of TikTok posted this one, and this guy runs a tattoo shop. Now, again, as much as I don't like the whole, well, could you imagine if the shoe were on the other foot? Yeah, this, the whole shoe on the other foot argument, I think it's gotten played out. However, here's a white, a white Marxist, white liberal, and he doesn't he really doesn't like conservatives he again he thinks conservatives are the most evil people 
And when you run a tattoo shop, right, I can understand like you working at a vape shop, you still run a list, you still run a risk of uh, violating the Civil Rights Act of 1964 by denying, denying a conservative service on the basis of, on the basis of their political ideology. But as if you're an employee, what about if you own the place, right? Then you're then you definitely run afoul of it, and you can be sued, and you will owe millions, millions. You open yourself to all kinds of class action lawsuits. Yet and still, here's this guy proudly proclaiming what he's about to proclaim. So here's another one. It's a little over two minutes long. I may just only play the first minute, but you'll understand the problem, and you'll understand why these people think that because conservatives are the most evil people on the face of the earth because of because dogma or whatever, then you'll understand where this particular mentality, the other ones too, but you'll understand where this mentality comes from. So here it is. I think it's the three or four. Okay. Here it is. There it is. See, there it is. Again, conservatives, racist, conservative, small-minded. To the Marxist, the conservative is the ultimate evil. And what is ultimate evil in their mind? The racist. They keep telling you, and it's the theme throughout the show. This is supposed to be a TikTok. I'm not going to talk about the. I'm not going to say about the guy's name. But the important thing is that you understand. Now you see. That again, it's just like with the with the vape store owner, what he said. This guy basically says the same. He conflates racism with religious conservatism, because in his brain, religious conservatism is the most evil thing you can be, and it's tantamount to being a racist. And the racist, they see the racist the way Christians see Satan. So there you go. There, this, you see the embodiment of everything that I'm talking about. Now, when we talk about bullies, all right, going back to bullies. Now, the left has this thing about bullying, and they have this whole campaign against ending, about ending bullying and things like that, right? But what happens when the leftist is the bully? And what happens when the left, the, left, the Marxist, supports the billionaire who's a bully? See, there's two problems there. First of all, Classical Marxism would eschew the billionaire. Why? Because he's the guy that exploits the proletariat, right? He's a bourgeoisie. He's the he's the apex. He's the apex bourgeoisie person. Bourgeois. He's the apex bourgeois. So you know, in the mind of the in the mind of the um, in the mind of the Marxist, this guy is supposed to be the evil. He's supposed to be the racist or whatever, right? Or even a classical Marxism. This guy is the guy that the proletariat is supposed to rise up against. This is the guy that Marx. This is the guy that Marx hates, right? And then, with, um, and then with Marxism being against bullying, you would think that what he's about to say, his name is Larry Fink, he's the CEO of BlackRock. He's worth hundreds of billions of dollars, but. You would think that what he's about to say would be problematic with the Marxist movement because it's it's an advocation of bullying. 
You also think that he's a problem. He's a problem with the American Marxists because he is the epitome of um, corporate and capitalist fat catism. However, they love this guy. And they love this guy because he controls so many assets that go into a lot of things that are considered conservative that what he's about to say, they love it, even though he's supposed to be everything that they're against. So here it is, Larry Fink, talking about forcing people's behavior and how he does it. Only bullies force people's behavior. Everybody else understands that behavior is just behavior and that the Declaration of Independence specifically says we're doing this because the king is forcing behaviors and this is what this is the whole essence of liberty. However, when this guy says we're forcing the behavior, everything's okay, even though they're supposed to be he's supposed to represent everything they hate. Here we go. So this I got to get into, and I got seven minutes left, so I'm going to get into this as, as quickly as I can. This guy, we think, all right, and there's another guy next to him who says, oh, yeah, we're doing the same thing. I told you bullies work in groups, right? So they, them two are birds of a feather. They're, they're, they're going around bullying people. They're bullying people in the name of um, minorities and women, which, if you look at the American Marxists, is what they do. When they bully, they bully in the name of minorities. They bully in the name of um, of women. And people think, well, they think that this is okay. Why? Because they're doing it in the name of virtue. This is not the name of virtue. This is this is evil. This is like me. This is like me robbing a bank and saying, well, I'm doing this for whoever. We call this guy on the street. You're still robbing the bank. It doesn't matter who you're doing it for. It's still you're still breaking the law. And to throw this guy under the bus as if this guy's telling you that you need to do this when you're doing this completely on your own is sickening. So you have to understand that when you have these corporate fat cats who are scapegoating women and minorities in order to justify his own bullying because he sees it as some kind of virtue when it is not, you have to understand the, and the American Marxists are okay with this because they love BlackRock. They think that BlackRock should be invested in everything so that everything could be transformed into this whole leftist Marxist um, ideology where DEI runs rampant and, you know, there's affirmative action all over the place. But, again, this is the type of stuff they excuse. However, again, she won the other foot argument that I really don't like. If this was um, maybe one of the, well, the other Koch brothers, they had one of the Koch brothers actually showed his true colors. The other one's dead. But if this was a conservative, let's say um, Elon Musk isn't really a conservative anyway. But let's say let's just say there's a conservative billionaire out there, Trump, and he says he says the same thing. Well, then again, just like they're trying to do now, they try to lock him in jail for the rest of his life. Yet this guy can say it and he's celebrated. So where is where is the real evil coming from? And this is why I say that this is why I say that you can't really look at leftism and Marxism and see it as anything virtuous. Because even though they they're even though their thought process comes from a process of religion or a thing of religion, from a place of religion, what they're doing is evil. And it's not like they're saying that, well, 
if you don't believe that Christ is the Lord and Savior, you're going to go to hell. I mean, that's no matter how you look at it. I mean, depending on how you look at it, not no matter, but depending on how you look at it, it could be good or bad um, because you're telling people where they're going and you don't know, really don't know yourself. All you know is what the Bible tells you. But going back, when you do these things, when you deprive people of the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the pursuit of success, because you think they are evil in you. This is what you're actively doing. Our, our joke of a president is doing it right now. He's using the Department of Justice to do it against conservatives. When you do that, yet you think that we're the evil ones. When you do this, when you do it in the name of virtue, you got to understand that there's a problem with that and that we can't take you seriously when you say that Marxism and communism is the way to a better society. No, it's it's just the avenue of bully tactics and cancellations and things like that. So that's it. Anyway, I'm out of time. Um, next week, we're going to get the ball rolling. I'm going to start I'm going to start talking about um, I'm going to start talking about news issues and things that happen during the week. So it looks like Saturday is going to be my day. Um, I'm trying to do it a little earlier, though. And Saturday, maybe about four or so. Um, or even three. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll play with some times and then see what I ultimately settle on. So you, if you follow my Facebook, you'll get the updates. Um, but I really want to make this a routine thing where I do Block Talk Radio and I do the um, the SoundCloud podcast which I understand I could put this on SoundCloud anyway, so it might just replace it. I don't know. Anyway, look, hit that follow button. If you're a member of Blog Talk Radio or you come to Blog Talk Radio regularly, hit the follow button because I'm going to try to put out some really good content. Um, I save the things that I see over the course of the week, and I like to talk about it during the weekend. So I recap everything that happened during the week, and then I put my spin on it. Now that you heard this, you understand why I think the way I think, and that when I say certain things about certain things that I find, you understand why it's going to happen that way. And that's it. Um, I love you guys. I I can't say that enough. Um, I also got something to say next week to everybody that's listening here that the people in my city and in my circle already know, but I want to tell you guys that we're going to wait until next week uh, to tell you. So it's going to be a, it's going to be something interesting. And uh, that's it. Um, when we come back next week, yeah, news, absolutely. I'll go out and make the world a better place. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.